Hey y'all and welcome to Ain't No Such Thing. My name is Amanda and I'm here with Kevin. Hello. And today we've got a movie review for you. That's right. We watched The Color Out of Space. Starring Nicolas Cage. The one and only. The amazing, the phenomenal, the always entertaining. Bear punching Nicolas Cage. No matter what you think of him, he's amazing. Just go watch Wild at Heart if you don't believe me. Possibly the greatest movie ever put to film. We need a top 10 Nicolas Cage countdown on the Facebook group, I think. That's probably a good idea. And in fact, we can post that as soon as we're uh, done with this podcast. But his turn as sailor in the David Lynch masterpiece, Wild at Heart, singing Elvis love songs and karate chopping his way through all sorts of Wizard of Oz inspired madness is legendary i love that movie love it i love this movie too though i really enjoyed this movie i think we were both pleasantly surprised so let's talk about it a little bit i'm gonna go through the cast real quick as we mentioned stars nicholas cage as nathan gardner jolie richardson also quite a casting in my opinion at least great actress as Teresa gardner madeline author as their daughter lavinia gardner Brendan Meyer as their son who ends up living in the well, Benny Gardner. (laughs) Julian Hilliard Hilliard as Jack Gardner, their little boy. Elliot Knight as the rather flat Ward Phillips. (laughs) (laughs) He was a true Lovecraft character, though. Yes, but he didn't bring a whole lot to the table. Not compared to some of the other characters in this movie. And the uh, timeless, I once thought dead, Tommy Chong as the squatter on the gardener's premises. They just let this old crazy hippie live there. I would let Tommy Chong live in my backyard too, if I'm being honest about it. I'd let him. He seems like a fun dude. But he plays Ezra in the movie. And the movie is directed by Richard Stanley, who directed one of my favorite weird steampunky, cyberpunky, I suppose, horror movies of the 90s, Hardware. It's been so long since I've seen Hardware, I think it would be kind of like a new movie to me. I've got it on DVD here. It's really great. It stars Dylan McDermott. Uh, Iggy Pop has a voiceover role in it. We'll watch it sometime. Oh, cool. Loved it. He also, um, Richard Stanley also directed Jodorowsky's Dune, the documentary about the abandoned, or maybe thankfully abandoned adaptation adaptation of Dune that uh, Jodorowsky Uh, was trying to put together in the mid-70s before David Lynch's version. Wasn't he also the original director on the the Island of Dr. Moreau? He was. Uh, Unfortunately, I actually saw that movie. remember seeing it back in the 90s, and it was awful. Marlon Brando was awful. I don't care what anybody says. It was a stunningly bad film. I remember... It was so bad that I remember where I was sitting... (laughs) In what theater, I was with my ex-wife, and we were both of the same opinion that it was just terrible. I think that may have been one that we walked out on, and that's not something that we typically did. But I think we walked out on that movie, which is unfortunate because I'm a really big fan of Richard Stanley. Listen to a a podcast on the, the Fangoria podcast channel just a week ago where he was interviewed about writing for Color Out of Space. Really fascinating, really interesting guy. Has moved to the... Pyrenees. He's South African originally, but he's been living on top of a mountain in southeast France for 10 years. Had gotten out of film. That's a movie in itself. 
Yeah, he said he was sick of it all and didn't think that he was going to come back to film ever, but got an opportunity to make this movie. The script got in the hands of Nick Cage, and here we are. I'll add on that Island of Dr. Moreau bit, he was not the final director. He he was chased off of it after a very short period of time, so not his fault. One thing I, I found interesting about this film, uh, basically because The Color of Space is one of the Lovecraft stories I haven't gotten around to reading yet, is that it's a meteor movie. It's a movie about a meteor that falls into these people's yard and then proceeds to change them, to change this family in certain ways. And there's an insinuated monster. And it made me think of other movies where meteors had this sort of effect on a person or a family. And the most obvious example is Creepshow. One of my absolute favorite movies horror or otherwise one of the vignettes in the anthology film that was the 80s creep show was called the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill starring Stephen King as Jordy Verrill my hero you want to give us a synopsis of what happened in that story just a quick capsule Jordy is a, a man who lives in isolation on a farm a meteor drops onto his land when he investigates and touches it, he gets the meteor shit on his hand. And, you know, daddy told him not to touch that stuff, but he thought he could make some money on the meteor at the college. But then he proceeds to grow into a plant and it just escalates from there. Poor Jordy. And Stephen King overacts this thing magnificently. Beautifully. And it's a really entertaining watch. If you've never seen Creepshow, just... Take our word for it and go check it if, out. If you've never seen Creepshow, as much as I like our little podcast, stop what you're doing and go watch Creepshow. You'll thank yourself. Okay, so at this point, we're going to do a spoiler-free synopsis of Color Out of Space. So you can safely listen to this part if you haven't seen it and spoilers bother you. And then we're going to give you our recommendation, which I think we already have to some extent. But let's talk a little bit about basically what's going on in this movie. I'll let you start and I'll chime in. Well, Nathan and his family live on a, a farm in Massachusetts. And um, Lavinia, she's a, a practicing Wiccan ward, comes across Lavinia performing a ritual at the beginning of the movie. She goes back to her home where they're all a little bit dysfunctional, but just go about their, their daily lives of trying to manage their ancestral farm. Yes, the mom played by Julie Richardson and has gone through a mastectomy recently. And the couple is trying to reconnect intimately and emotionally. And they play that up uh, to establish some context for the relationships and establish a little conflict between them, a little tension between the, the two primary protagonists in the film. And I think it works well enough. It does. It feels like a kind of lived-in relationship. Yeah. So you, you start off with a really good idea of who this family is. They've got dysfunctional teenagers kind of rebellious the the boy benny seems to be kind of a stoner do nothing and kind of a boisterous younger brother named jack who's just all over the place as kids who are eight or nine tend to be and lavinia seems a little bit antagonistic to her family she's a goth girl yeah she's a little rebellious she's tired of the tension you know it's it's tough for teenagers to put up with or to adjust to serious illness uh, the potential loss of a parent or the near loss of a parent. And I think sometimes 
particularly kids with golf or emo types of leanings kind of lean harder into those sorts of uh, emotions and feelings when they're stressed. I would agree with that. And we start the movie off with her out casting a spell by the water and being caught in the act by this hydrologist that she thinks is cute for some reason if he has nothing in common with her at all. No, no real personality, but he's our, our everyman eyes and ears throughout the movie. Yeah, as you mentioned, he is the prototypical Lovecraft character that just sort of experiences things with, and tries to not go crazy. They're pretty flat. Pretty flat. Um, pretty much your uh, your vehicle for feeling the story. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, hard to translate to the screen, but they do a, well, a good enough job. Oh, yeah. It, it, he was just fine. And so we, we get a little bit of a of a view of their life on the farm where they're raising alpacas which are very expensive animals according to Nicolas Cage and becomes kind of a central point of the story in some really bizarre ways that we won't spoil for you at this point in, the, in our podcast and then the meteor the meteor strikes town sheriff comes by the family breaks all the rules. You know, it's like Alien where we've got all these containment rules and infection control rules and we just throw them out the window in, the, in, you know, in favor of panic. They don't really panic, but they don't really try not to touch it or to do anything safe around it. How and, timely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think the worst of us are performing better than the, uh, the Nathan's family in this case. Probably. The meteor's giving off these weird colors. It's steaming. There's a big hole in the front yard. Everybody kind of treats it like a joke. And it's not a joke. Bad things start to happen. They start to happen in a cascading fashion. Things get worse really quick and in some really strange ways that we'll tell you about in the spoilery review that we're going to do in just a minute. I think that's about as far as we can go. That is about it. Without spoiling anything and talking about some really interesting bits. So if you want to watch it, come back to it, to us, and we'll talk about it. We watched it on Amazon Prime. Yes, definitely worth this. I saw it in the store the other day when I went to grab some groceries. So it's out there to get. I don't know that I would buy a DVD at this point, but I'm happy to stream it. It was well worth it. It was. And if you like Nicolas Cage, for one, if you like Richard Stanley, if you are familiar with hardware, you like that. This is a very different film, but the the direction, the cinematography, the color effects, the sound, the music, very much in the vein of hardware. Um, it was top notch. It really was. It was a well-made movie. Uh, really entertaining at surprisingly all so yeah um, if you like body horror this I is a movie for you horror. i thought the effects were really solid uh, i assume most of that was practical i need to look into how much of it was not to spoil anything but there's some but there were parts that had to be based on how it was shot oh yeah uh, there was definitely some digital effects but it's mostly around the color part of the color out of space <laughs> Um, but the, there are monster shots that I think had to be primarily practical effects. They were really good. They, they definitely were. Visually, it was a beautiful film. It was it was shot in such a way. What it reminded me most of, aside from the bright colors associated with the entity, was hereditary. It has that feel um, that sort of everything has a bit of a glow to it. And you wonder what is significant because of that. 
Um, and that's good movie making when you use all your tools oh, to yeah. put your audience on edge. When your scenery and settings are characters in themselves, it's uh, you're doing it right. Doing it right. We recommend it. Go check it out. Now for some spoilers. Three, two, one. Spoilers are off. Let's do this. All right. Well, let's get into, first of all, the most important part of this film, the most important important part of most Nicolas Cage movies is his performance. <laughs> and he is all over the map, starting off as a serious father figure who's concerned about his wife and his family. He's trying to keep it together. He's that crazy dad that thinks that he's got this million dollar idea and his is raising alpacas. And he keeps coming back to this. He's really obsessed with this. And in a really inopportune moments, he goes back to the alpaca. But I know there were a couple of moments that you were really thrilled with that he, where he really went off the rails in, in exactly the right ways. His delivery is just beautiful. There's, there's a lovely moment where the son didn't feed the alpacas when he was supposed to. He tried, but he goes off on him. He's like, do you realize how expensive these animals are? They're alpacas alpacas <laughs> and it's it's classic nicholas cage he, i think it's a, a new classic he really sells it there are moments where he goes very tony montana in my opinion when he's <laughs> really stressed or really angry or where he really seems to be possessed and mentally psychologically affected by the color by the creature i think he snaps quickest out, he, out of the family he does but he seems to come back to center at times That's he's trying to keep it together but he gets uh, very much Tony Montana <laughs> and screaming and, you know, I mean, he did everything but yell, say hello to my little friend. Uh, really wild performance, but it carries the movie in moments where it could just be totally grim and awful. And it kind of pulls you back to this is an entertaining horror movie, not just something to be grimaced at. Oh, of course. In addition to Nick Cage, there's another really surprising cast member we mentioned earlier that Tommy Chong is in this movie half of the classic Cheech and Chong duo from the 70s early 80s comedy bit I always think of E.T. the extra testicle <laughs> <laughs> let's make a dope deal oh, <laughs> one of their things I, and this will date me but we I listened to those bits on 8 track oh, back dear. in the early 80s and late 70s my mom's boyfriend at the time had a lot of really cool eight tracks. You know, most of it was music, Rolling Stones and such. So thank you for that exposure. <laughs> but also he loved Cheech and Chong. So we got to listen to that. And it was really funny stuff. So when I see Tommy Chong or Cheech Marin and something, I always perk up. It's interesting to hear those guys. And I didn't expect to see Tommy Chong in a horror movie. You know, just an aside, there's a lot of comedians that are either producing, directing, writing, or starring in horror vehicles right now. And I'm loving it. They're doing something right there well jordan peele's the obvious one but chris rock uh, has been working on they produced and starred in spiral which is a saw spinoff. i cannot wait to see that movie unfortunately delayed by the coronavirus outbreak but Damn we'll see it at some corona. point i'm excited to see it too chris rock's a smart guy a smart writer so i think we're going to see something really interesting there I saw him at a Five Guys once. I remember you telling me that. New York, right? <laughs> New York that was one of the highlights of the trip. Awesome. You're like, is that Chris Rock getting a burger? Yep. <laughs> well, Rob Zombie brings Brian Posehn into the Devil's Rejects. Mm -hmm. He loves to bring in comedians and people from different aspects of entertainment. 
Tom but Papa. Tom Papa's brilliant. <laughs> um, the supernatural world of El Super Bisto, one of our favorite animated features of all time. Totally obscene and awesome. One of Rob's best works, in my opinion. What a great date night for us watching couples leave the theater with the girls looking mad at their they're guys. They're so offended at <laughs> El Super Bisto. Super funny. If you like Scooby-Doo and imagine the worst, most obscene possible episode of Scooby-Doo ever, that's El Super Bisto. Back to our point. We ramble. I, th- I think bringing people like Tommy Chong in is a, a direct influence that Rob Zombie has had on horror. It adds texture to the film. It adds a different feel that's not just grim, that's not just horrible. And he's not trying to be funny in this movie, but his presence is very different. He was he was a likable character among a lot of not likable characters. And the, there's a scene with him that is the creepiest thing in, well, second creepiest thing in the movie to me. And he just does because a great of job sounds. selling it. Yeah, yeah he really his does. voice. Right. Yeah. And you don't expect that. You expect him to just be goofy comedy relief. Right. But that's not what he is at all. Uh, he is, a, I think, being a comedian, you immediately like him because you know who Tommy Chong is. But he plays the role seriously. A little joke here or there, but that's just part of the That's the part banter. of the character, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I enjoyed that. I liked the way it ended up. He played a key role in the conclusion, the climax of the movie. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Well, now to a spoilery thing that is, it is the highlight of the film for me. Um, there is a point where... Jolie Richardson, she rushes to save her youngest son from being struck by the entity, and it zaps them both. And the result of that is the two bodies try to fuse together, like she's reabsorbing her child. And the effect is disturbing. The sound effects are more than disturbing. I didn't sleep too well after watching that. No, the the cries from both the mother and especially the child really play on some primal instincts of of humans, especially parents like us. Mm -hmm. And it was disturbing. It went on for a few minutes of the film. And the sound art was so impressive that it was really hard to watch. It was. Just because of the sound. And I mentioned the visual effects earlier. This is the monster scene that's the most impressive in the movie. And you take a dramatic actress like Jolie Richardson, you're having her act out this excruciating torture of her body being infused with another body, especially knowing that it's her son and that they're both dying and she's begging for it and she's lapping it out of a pole like a sick dog and totally into it. It's pretty pitiful and terrifying. It is. And the fact that the rest of the family doesn't seem too concerned that either one of them are in distress well, they take it's pretty eerie. They take a tack that I enjoy in a lot of uh, stories where an ordinary person is put into an extraordinary situation, and how do they combat that in their brain? How do they process it? You know, I know I've been in a couple of extraordinary situations, and I didn't react the way that I think I would just in normal life. Yeah, but I don't think uh, like Nathan would be most concerned about the alpacas because he was still concerned about the alpacas oh, at that, that point. He sort of snaps when he, he decides they want to go on vacation and she'll get better. And he keeps coming back to the alpacas. And I think that may have been like his uh, his safe place. The alpaca monster is pretty cool too. And there, the alpacas do get fused as well. <laughs> and that's a really impressive, uh, very John Carpenter's The Thing 
type of special effect. That was exactly what I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah, very impressive um, and, and very disturbing. Just the cries of the alpacas. And they bite you. And they bite you, yes. <laughs> Those expensive fur didn't mean anything in the end. This burger took a bite out of me. <laughs> and one by one, the family gets sniped off. Benny ends up climbing down the well because he heard a voice down there. He thought uh, the dog yeah, was trapped down. he thought the dog down. was down there. Um, you have the mother, to help the dog. The mother and Jack fused together, get exploded uh, because they become a rampaging monster trying to kill the rest of the family. You just know they're gonna. Nick loses his mind and sitting around the house and the daughter is the last person standing with any sort of sanity and Ward and the sheriff show up. They go out and you mentioned the scene with Tommy Chong's character, Ezra. I, I think he achieves nirvana. He does. And <laughs> I'd like to believe that. The sheriff is offed by a tree. Like, I love really impressive the tree scene. monster. Yeah. The tree monster was beautiful. Very impressive scene. And then Ward tries to get the daughter, Lavinia, to leave with him. She refuses. Out of, you know insanity at that point she gets possessed by fear of the monster fascination with the monster however you want to put it and basically the whole family this is a lovecraft story there's not a happy ending never in the interview i I heard with richard stanley he's like i would be betraying the material to have people survive they either go mad or they die it's lovecraft exactly surprisingly as much as i enjoy lovecraft there have not really been a lot of good adaptations of his work for film and television. The my favorite, of course, which I need to show you, is in the Mouth of Madness. That's a, you've tried a few times. I always go to sleep. I wish I could get you to but finish I'll try it. again. You need to. It's on Shutter right now, so we're enjoying their their trial during our quarantine. Um, that I enjoy parts of Necronomicon. That film. Um, it's a sort of anthology. And Reanimator may be the most well known, but it's really not very Lovecraftian yeah, it seems like in the its execution. But it's pulled from his teenage works, so it's not, as Richard Stanley put it, Lovecraft at his full powers. Oh, okay. So to wrap it up, we were both impressed, both enjoyed the movie, both recommend it. Absolutely. So get over to Amazon Prime. I think it's also available for rent on YouTube, or you can go to Walmart and get the DVD. But take the time to watch this movie. If you like horror, you're going to enjoy Color Out of Space. It could be one of those, well, well, not right now, but get everybody together and watch it type of movies. Drinking game type of movies. Well, Netflix for one and some other streaming services are coming online with the watch party aspects to their services. So, you know, if YouTube has something like that and they might, I'm not familiar with it yet. We were ahead of our time because we were doing that back in the early aughts, the watch parties. All the time. Across the country. That's right. All the time. (laughs) So enjoy Color Out of Space. Let us know what you think. And we'll post our poll on the Facebook group for Ain't No Such Thing later tonight about your top 10 Nicolas Cage films. Remember to join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Ain't No Such Thing. We're a lot of fun. You can subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, etc., um, we're offering all of our Patreon material for the next 30 days to everybody, whether you pledge or not. So check that out too. And we're going to be back with some original horror for you, as well as some movie reviews here in the next couple of days. 
We hope you're all being safe and that everybody's in good health. Best wishes, everybody. Thanks so much. Bye-bye, y'all.